0: My name is Andrea, and I'm a single mother. I don't tell you this like it's some badge of honor and I'm expecting cookies, milk, and chocolate-covered snowflakes like most of the others in my social circle would. They want your pats on the back and recognition. I just want some of your time. I see motherhood as a burden. Necessary, yes, but still a burden. My son's name is Jesse. He's 11. That's fifth grade for all the math haters. You see, Jesse started the fifth grade this year like any other kid would. There was a little bit of trepidation and lots of excitement. He was a happy go lucky sort of kid, full of life and energy. But all that changed after he met Stan on Tuesday. Stan was a late addition to Jesse's class, a transfer student from another district jesse's teacher sat stan next to jesse when i picked jesse up after school on tuesday he told me that stan was his new best friend he wasn't acting like himself though he was pale and sweaty i took his temperature but he wasn't running a fever i asked about his day and all he would tell me was that stan was his new best friend stan's my new best friend Jesse would say, I know, I can't wait to meet him, I'd say back, mom, Stan is great, you should meet him, he's my new best friend, he's the best in the world, and we must have had the same conversation a thousand times that night, when I tucked Jesse into bed, he looked up at me with tears in his eyes, he put his little hand in front of his face and wiggled his index finger telling me to come closer. I bent over him and he put his hands to either side of his mouth. You know, the little kid way of telling a secret. Well, I turned my head and he whispered something into my ear that chilled me. At the time, I didn't know why it chilled me, but it did. He whispered, You believe me, right mom? I sat back up and looked down at him believe you about what, honey? Stan, he said. Stan's my best friend. I nodded and took his temperature once more. Again, he wasn't running a fever. I went to bed but couldn't really sleep that night. On Wednesday, when I pulled up to school to drop Jesse off, he got this really weird look on his face and told me that he didn't want to go in. Are you feeling sick i asked him no he said he was chewing on the bottom of his lip like crazy this was something else i'd never seen him do no i need to go to school he opened the car door and got out no goodbye no i love you there was nothing he trudged up the front steps of the school with his head down and I let off the brake and turned away to drive to work. A little boy was standing right in front of my car, though. Two more seconds and I would have run him over. The boy was pale, with a mop of blonde hair that was almost white and bright blue eyes. He knocked on the hood of my car twice, waved once, and walked up to the stairs to school. When I picked up Jesse after school on Wednesday, he looked a lot better, he was a tiny bit paler than normal, but he seemed happy. He told me all about his day. He told me about dinosaurs and music and math. And then he told me about recess. And then, after math period, we had recess. Mom, you'll never guess what I did today at recess. Why don't you tell me? I said, smiling to myself as I'm driving. I'm thinking tag, football, football keep away you know all the things i remember the boys doing at recess when i was that age something benign something normal i joined a church i frowned at this a church at recess jesse nodded the church of stan i thought that it must be some sort of new make-believe game that the kids were playing what's the church of stan i asked it's stan's church mom (laughs) jesse laughed like i was the silliest person in the world for asking that question but what do you guys do though you know as members i asked well lots of stuff today though we just listened to stan talk he was saying some funny words and i got sleepy and dozed off in fact a bunch of us did I pulled into the driveway at home and we got out. And was that it? I asked. Things sounded weird for sure, but the kids didn't seem to be doing anything wrong. Well, uh, Stan gave us flyers too. Jesse pulled out a crinkled up piece of paper and handed it to me. It was a piece of manila paper with three words written in black marker. Church of Stan. Again, weird, but nothing wrong. I just thought the boys were playing make-believe. But I was wrong. When I picked up Jesse after school yesterday, I could tell that something was very wrong with my little boy. He looked panicked and scared. What's going on, honey? I asked, reaching out to feel his forehead. No fever. We played the soul game today he said. Jesse's head was on a swivel. He couldn't sit still. He kept looking all around as we headed home. The soul game? I asked. Jesse just nodded and kept trying to look everywhere at once, beads of sweat dotting his upper lip. And what's the soul game? I asked him. Jesse shook his head no and said nothing. Jesse, what's the soul game? I asked again Well I told him I didn't want to But he said he wouldn't be my friend anymore If I didn't play Who wouldn't be your friend And where were the teachers Jesse started breathing harder But still answered It happened in the church He said Then whispered Teachers aren't allowed in the church The church of Stan I asked Jesse nodded and a tear slipped down his cheek What's the soul game, Jesse? I'm your mother. You tell me right now and I'll take care of everything. I said. I can't tell you, Mom. I can't. The rules are bad. They're, they're so bad. What about Stan? I asked. Will Stan tell me the rules? No! Jesse screamed this and scared me half to death. Don't ask him the rules. Please don't, Mom. Please. Pulled into the driveway, scared and confused. Promise me, Mom. Mom, promise me. Promise me, please. And Jesse was bawling now, terrified. I took him into my arms and rocked him. I hadn't rocked him like that since he'd been in kindergarten. He fell asleep in my arms and I carried him inside. I took him straight to his room and got him ready for bed. He just needs sleep. I kept telling myself, all he needs is sleep. I put him to bed and ate dinner alone, I checked up on him around 9 when I went to bed. He seemed to be sleeping well so I decided to go to sleep. I woke up to him screaming at the top of his lungs 18 minutes after midnight last night. I ran to his room but he wasn't in his bed. I turned on the light and Jesse came flying around the closet like something was chasing him. He latched onto my leg and kept screaming. I tried to calm him down and ask what was wrong at the same time, but it wasn't making any sense. He kept screaming about the soul game. He was impossible. I kept asking what that was, but he wouldn't tell me and I tried to put him back into bed, but... He would have none of it. Finally, I just took him to my room and he slept in my bed. Jesse fell right to sleep. I was laying on my side watching him, stroking his hair, when his eyes popped open and he stared right into mine. I'll tell you the rules after school tomorrow, lady, he said, and then he closed his eyes. What was going on with my kid. In the darkness, I stared at the ceiling for a long time before rolling over to my side and staring into the bathroom. You know how when you're on the edge of sleep, sometimes your leg will kick and jerk you awake, or you'll imagine you're falling or that you've just tripped over something and get jerked awake? That happened to me all last night. Only I kept being ripped from sleep by seeing something in the doorway to the bathroom. Every time my eyes would start to slip shut, I'd see the dark outline of something large in the doorway, and I'd jerk awake. Of course, nothing would be there, and I would start falling asleep again. The outline would appear in the doorway once more, but it would be closer to me, like I had taken a baby step. Over and over this happened until the morning. This morning on the way to school, Jesse seemed out of it, lethargic. I felt the same way. I was even more exhausted. I thought of asking Jesse about what he'd said right before he fell asleep, but I couldn't. I was afraid it would send him into hysterics again, so I left it alone. I drove him to school and he didn't say a word the whole time. It was acting like a robot, listless, unemotional. And I got a call shortly after dropping him off to come pick him back up. He'd vomited in class. When I picked him up, he was the same. I asked him several questions, but he only gave me grunts in response. The plan at home was to get him changed out of his dirty clothes and then take him to the doctor. He didn't say anything until we pulled into the driveway. Can Stan come over today? He asked. He stared out of the windshield at the garage door. You're not feeling well, honey. And do you really want him to come over? I asked. I wanted to meet this kid, but it didn't sound like Jesse wanted him over. I, however, wanted to get to the bottom of things. Yeah, Jesse said. Okay, I said. Do you have his parents' number? Well, he already asked his parents and they said it was okay. We have to wait until he's out of class and I'd still like to talk to his parents. Okay. Jesse got out of the car and we walked into the house. You have their number? I asked as I shut the door. No, he said. I started to ask him how I was supposed to call them if I didn't have their number. But someone knocked on the door. I was still standing right next to it. I opened the door and standing on my front step was the pale little boy with the blue eyes and a mop of white blonde hair that I'd almost run over on Wednesday. A little girl stood next to him with the same complexion. Yes? I asked. Hi, Driz, The little boy said. Is Jessie home? The little boy standing on my front porch shouldn't have known that name. See, it was my nickname from college, created on a drunken night amongst my girlfriends, shortened from Drizzy. No, I said. Well, that's fine, the little girl said. My name's Devin, and you already know my brother's name. Stan, I said. The little girl covered her mouth and giggled. Stan smiled and shrugged. It's really quite simple. Rule one, don't walk past mirrors in the dark. Rule two, don't leave any doors open when you go to bed tonight. Ask your son what rule three is, and remember, a creak means you're falling behind. A rustle means you've almost lost. When the lights go down, Hopefully you won't see the dark shadows standing in the corner of the room. Hopefully you won't hear it breathing as your eyes shut and you begin to drift off. And if you hear a bang, well, hopefully you never hear a bang. Stan turned and walked away with the sister. I stared after them both and shook my head. I wouldn't play their stupid game. I walked into the house and found Jesse sitting at the kitchen table, crying. ''What's wrong?'' I asked. ''I heard a bang,'' he whispered. My mouth went dry. ''When does the game end?'' I asked. ''It doesn't,'' he whispered. ''It never ends.'' My heart started beating faster. ''What's the third rule, Jesse?'' His face fell and he sucked in a deep breath. Rule three Knowing all three rules makes you a player. And my stomach dropped. Well what happens if you lose? When it's dark you'll hear them coming. They like to let you know when they're getting close. Who? Stan and Devin, Jesse said. They'll reach out through the mirrors or open doorways and drag you through. Well how do you win? I asked you win if you tell more people the rules to the soul game than the person that told you does like I said I'm sorry but thanks for helping really I'm going to enjoy my newfound freedom and I hope that you enjoy your night give Stan and Devin my best